0: a shocking week again in regard to our world and the news and we pray we pray for for France and uh, all the horrendous things that have happened there in Nice and then of course we've had the attempted coup in Turkey i mean like it's uh, just the news over the last while and not know it's It's not actually been reported that much, but there's been some significant movement as well in Zimbabwe politically, and I perceive uh, some of that to actually be a good thing, but there's a lot of unrest there, and we just speak the blessing of God over Zimbabwe as well, that that, that God will enable a real uh, and lasting change to take place in that nation. But, you know, we're empowered as the people of God to pray. And to believe, you know, we, we might not be able to go, but, uh, you know, there's no boardroom on the face of the earth. Yeah. that The presence of God can't go in and the spirit of God can't move. So we, we keep praying and we keep trusting and believing God that yeah. he's, uh, he's going to act on our behalf. And speaking of prayer, we really value um, your prayers as we uh, go uh, north or as we have... Fondly called it, Go Slightly North, because we're going to Stoke. You might, some of you remember that last year we went to uh, Carlisle. And that is, we're just basically leaning into some of the things that we believe God is saying to us. We're going to go and, and pray and strategize and, uh, and uh, just uh, kind of look at the ways we can roll out uh, Heart Church in this city and beyond. So we're going as an exec team, but also joining us will be uh, Andy Dickin and Fraser Bell, as representing the eldership, and also Guy Bowen. I'll be coming for a couple of days, so that's exciting. Um, and we'd really value your prayers, as I say, on that. So today, I'm actually going to do something that I've I've been preaching for about 33 years, and I've never done it before. Uh, and it's not that dramatic, but I, I felt that I should come again and, and, and preach what I preached last week. Right, right. Never done it before, but I felt just the encouragement of the Spirit to do that. Yeah. I'm doing that not because I haven't had time to prepare. Right. <laughs> um, but I just think there are some things that Paul Scanlon has said and what, uh, stuff that I said last week that I feel... That we should just stay around and chew over and meditate upon and think about. Because I think the spirit of God is, is trying to get our attention. And in fact, we, um, early in the week, you know, uh, people, you know, really appreciated when you're encouraging and you're saying, you know, things like that was a good message and all that sort of thing. But we had, we had a context in, in the week where we were just saying, but you know what? There are sometimes it's not, it's actually not just a message. You know, it's not just something that we can listen to and we, got, you know, we go and have coffee and we move on. And, and sometimes messages are like that and that's cool, that's fine. Everything has a time and season. But there are some moments where, as I say, the Spirit of God is trying to get our attention, I think. And I think this is one of those moments where we should just revisit some of the things that we've been talking about over the last two or three weeks. So, if you weren't here last week, well, you're going to get here the first time, but... Uh, If you were here last week, you're going to hear it again, but the same message basically, but repackaged in a slightly different way. And it's, it's to open up a conversation. I want to open up a conversation. To me, a win here is that we go away from here and we actually begin to engage in conversation regarding some of the things that are raised. So we're going to start where we started last week, Romans 12 verse 2. Where the Bible says this, Paul writing to the Roman church, uh, the apostle Paul writing to the Roman church. He said, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Another version puts it, don't let this world squeeze you into its mold. In other words, don't let the world pull you down to its level. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I think that where we were last week, because the, 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 um, the title of the message was uh, uh, to do with invasion and transformation. Yeah. And it's an understanding that, that God invades our lives and transforms us. At least that's the intention. When God, when God gets hold of us, He's not. He, we're not just looking for a slightly upgraded, patched up, better version of what we were. That's not what salvation is. It's not just that, oh, I used to go there and I don't do that anymore and I've started going to church and I do that now. and, 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 and we, 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 So we, our external world has changed in that I don't go there and I don't do that and I do do this, but... Basically, basically, there's not a massive amount of change. Wow. When the Bible clearly talks about transformation, in fact, the, the, the words that are used there are the same kind of word, the same word that were used for Jesus when he was transfigured. So we're not we're not looking. We're talking about the kind of change that people notice. It's it's not that you've got you're not going to tell somebody you've changed. It's like people come to you, people who know you, come to you and say, what's different about you? What's happened to you? And I think it's good to start at this scripture because it reminds us that God wants to change the way we think. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your Mind. We, we talk so often about spiritual things and that's right and that's appropriate, but you know what, unless this changes, I'm just going to consistently get in the way of what God is trying to do in my life. Because to, to, to be renewed, to be transformed means that God needs to reprogram this. Because this has been formed by the environment I've grown up in, by the influences around my life, by education, etc., etc., etc. And certainly uh, not all of that is bad, of course. But, But there are certain things, there are certain ways of speaking that God wants to address. And is indeed telling us that we can be transformed, we can be transfigured by the renewing of our mind. talked about the difference between what Jesus wants to do in our life and religion. Because I believe that religion can rob us of what God wants to do in our life. And, and, and the reason why religion inverted commas is such a dangerous thing is because it looks so much like the genuine article Uh but it's not the genuine article Uh, it is a poor imitation Uh let me say it this way religion is not about invasion and transformation religion brings me into the proximity of God but leaves me dependent and powerless. I have to keep coming back. I have to keep coming back. It's not about transformation. In other words, um, it's a a little bit like, uh, as I I shared last week, that that if I had a splinter in my finger, I can go to Boots or, or some other store and get some cream with, anesthetic in and I can rub it into my skin and the pain will be numbed. So the pain goes but the situation remains unchanged. And I think that sometimes church can be our drug of choice because we use it to escape the pain of the world. It becomes like Religion becomes like a cream that we rub in. It anesthetizes our pain, but essentially it doesn't deal with the pain. It leaves us as we are. I want to suggest to us there's something better than just coming to church, singing a few songs, meeting with a few friends, being comforted, being told everything's going to be all right, and then going back to our pain and surviving another week, and then we have to come back. And be topped up with anesthetic. Because the only way I can cope with my world, the only way that I can cope with the realities of my world is that if I escape to church. And religion teaches me that church is something that I can escape to, that I can run to. And of course. Church is a refuge. Of course, church is a place where I can come and find peace and strength and healing and hope. Of course, it is all those things, but it is not only those things. You know, that phrase comes to mind that, you know, a ship in its harbor is safe, but it's not what ships were built for. You know, the ship comes into the harbor to be fixed up because the ship is built for the high seas. It is built to weather the storm. So we may come to the harbor for a season, but but it is only to go out again and be what we were created for. So religion does not cure the pain. Because the truth is that Jesus is the surgeon who removes the splinter. You know, sometimes I'm thinking, you know, Ty, I remember when I was little and I, you know, we've had four kids, so I remember it with them. You know, if one of them fall over and you're trying to help them because they're bleeding and they've got grit in the knee and all that sort of thing. And you're trying to get close to them and they're pushing you away because they're in pain and they think that you're going to cause them more pain even though you're trying to help them, and so they're pushing you away. And you know that some of us, we haven't got physical injuries necessarily that we're pushing people away, but we've got wounds that we're carrying. We've got stuff in our heart that we push people away, and we would rather rub numbing cream on it rather than have Jesus open us up. Because the thing about having a splinter removed is sometimes for a little while, things are a little more sore. You know, when you picked out that splinter, before it wasn't too bad, but now you, you're really sore. But the splinter's gone. And it allows a proper healing to take place. And Jesus is sometimes, often, if you are allowing to be, the surgeon who opens you up, removes the splinter to allow a proper healing to take place. In a similar way, there is an evas- invasion to allow For transformation. See, religion teaches me that my life will only change if it's the will of God. Religion teaches me just accept where you are. Accept your lot because you know what? God, God wills it and God knows where you are and God knows your story. And you just accept where you are and, and when God wants to bring change, then he will. And, and... Religion teaches me to wait for God. I'm always waiting. Always waiting for God. Waiting for deliverance. Waiting for revival. Waiting for Jesus to come again. Waiting for heaven. Waiting for the great escape. Because one day I'll be able to get away out of all this mess. I'm waiting for God. Waiting for a word. Waiting to know whether it's God's will and while I'm waiting I'm stuck but I've got an excuse because well you know what? just as soon as the Lord lets me know just as soon as the Lord speaks to me you know I'm sorry to say I'm just going to mess with some of your heads this morning you know I think praying can sometimes be an excuse You know, have you ever, you, you may have said it, you may have heard someone say, you know, yeah, well, I'm praying about it. I'm praying about it, brother. I'm praying about it, sister. What that is code for, yeah, I don't know what to do. So I'm just hanging around. And you may be praying about it, but sometimes we've got to stop praying and do something. I can see some people are going to say, you know, that pastor, I went to that church, he told me to stop praying. And yet the thing is, though, for some of us, that is the word of the Lord. Stop praying and do something. Get up and do something. See, religion teaches me to pray for small things. Because I'm not really sure that God can help me with the big stuff. And I'd rather pray for something small where it doesn't really matter if it comes off or not. Then pray for the big stuff and be disappointed. Right, right. I think that's how God ends up being the God of the parking place. Talked about it, you know? Like, we say, oh, you know what? I was just driving around, the parking lot was full, and as I came out, and it was just right near the entrance of the supermarket, and a car backed out. mama. A car backed out and made way. I said, Jesus, thank you. I am a child of the king. A a parking space right near the entrance of the supermarket. Open up. That's how you know. That's how you know. That's how you know you're anointed. And then, like, you know it's a really good day if you not only get a, a parking space near the entrance of the supermarket that you go in and you just pick up a bargain. You were just walking in and then someone wheeled out. Someone wheeled out a bargain and you were just there. You were the first one there. And it's like, Lord, you must be coming again. That is... That is awesome right there, you see. And like you can't believe it because you hadn't even had a quiet time that morning because, but I'm talking about other people, not like you. Um, but you see, we, 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 our, our excitement gets reduced to moments like that. So you're like, you're saying to me, are you saying to me then that God can't open up a space? Yeah, yeah I of course God can do that. What I'm challenging is, if that's all he's doing, there's something wrong. Let me tell you, a better answer to prayer for some of you would be that there was no parking space near the entrance, that it was right in the corner and you had to walk from one end to the other because then you'd be getting some exercise. So in that case, God might not be giving you what you want, but he is giving you what you need. I'm going to move on. I am going to move on. because religion keeps keeps Jesus on the cross Jesus is nailed to a cross it's the that's the image of religion because we have a we have a a, a Jesus who is powerless who is broken who is wounded who is who is who is, is humani- humanity is weak in that moment we know the power of those spiritual connotations, but, but it, it, religion will keep Jesus nailed to the cross. And we are called to something quite different. See, the truth is, and I, and I think, see, right now, right now I'm going to say something that was, is going to mess with some of your heads because you've just never thought of it in this way because it was all God. It's all God out there. It's, it's all God. And, and I want to say that God will operate in the space you give him. God will operate in the space you give him. A couple of weeks ago we had a, Man of God, uh, Paul Scanlon, come and teach. Some of you know that. And he, he talked about the centurion factor. And he, this is one of the things he said. He said that, that God loves us so much that he will walk down roads he doesn't have to because he won't force faith on us. And that comment came out of the reality that um, the, the, they had come to ask him to go and heal the centurion's servant. And, and, and at that time, everybody knew that Jesus could heal. That's why they asked him to come. But it had always, always required the presence of Jesus for healing to come. And while he was on his way, the word came from the centurion and he said, hey, you don't need to come. I'm not worthy to have you in my home. All you need to do is send the word. And Jesus was absolutely amazed. Because no one had ever stopped him in his tracks before. No no one's faith had, had stopped him and said, you don't have to come physically. All you need to do is say the word. But what was interesting was that Jesus actually had started walking. He was, he was working with people's faith. He was working with people without. Jesus Jesus did not stand there going, oh, my word. Do you know what? He's right. I don't have to go. I don't have to do it like this. No, he knew. He knew that, that he, all he needed to do was say the word. One of the other things that Paul said was that the the limits of our faith can leave things on the table unused. See, I know, I know this messes with us because we talk about a great, a mighty, a powerful God and that he is. God is able to do anything. God is able to do all things. And yet God has chosen to limit himself to us. He has chosen to operate within the realms of our faith. You say, well, how, how can we limit God? Well, in the Bible, we see that Matthew 13, 58, Jesus did not do many Did not do many mighty works there in Nazareth, as it happens, his hometown, because of their unbelief. Their unbelief limited God in doing what he wanted to do. He would have wanted to do more, but he was restricted by their heart and by their attitude. This is not the space that God intends us to occupy. Because we're over here saying, hey God, you can do whatever you want, but meanwhile, we are limiting Him by our own heart and attitude. See, I've written here, here's a thought, can I be paralyzed by prophecy? Be paralyzed by prophecy. Well, in truth, when 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 prophecy is genuine uh, uh, and it is from God, absolutely, I don't think I can. But my perception of prophecy, or what I interpret that to be, I can be paralyzed by. See, there there are loads of people in this room right now who say, yeah, I believe in prophecy. I've got them. I've got them written down in my Bible. I've got them underlined. My highlighter pen is there. You know, I've got the things. There are things that I'm believing for. There are things that I'm trusting God for. And I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting for God to fulfill his word. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And I want to say that I think that there are some of the things that we're waiting for that God is actually wanting us to get up and do something about. You see, the thing, the thing about this situation is when I say about being paralyzed by prophecy is that these same people who were limiting Jesus through their unbelief, these same people were believing for a messiah. They were believing a prophetic word that God would send a Messiah, a a message that had been sent through the prophets down the generations that God would send a Messiah. And there, right before their eyes, was God's Messiah. So they heard the prophecy. They believed the prophecy. But because... What they were seeing did not match what they thought God would do. They missed God. They missed Him. He was right there before their eyes. And not only that, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You see, the thing is this. We all sit here thinking, well, God—if you know what? God can do whatever He wants. God can do whatever He wants. Oh, I just, I just, I just wish that, you know, we could just turn up to church and we just let God do whatever he wants. Maybe, maybe it's not so much about God doing whatever he wants. Maybe God is doing everything he can with what we give to him. I'm going to move on because I don't want to get stuck there. But you hear what I'm saying? God invades me and transforms me. God invades me and transforms me. This message today is a reminder that the God we love and serve invades our life and then releases us to invade and transform. He invades and transforms me. So that I can invade and transform. I am no longer a victim of my environment. But I am stronger than my environment because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I'm no longer disempowered. I can do something about the splinter. I don't just need to keep rubbing in cream and just making it all right and go and get on with my life and then come back and eat cream rubbing in again. No, I can actually do something about it so that I'm healed, I'm delivered, and I set free and I can live my life how God intended it to be, splinter free. See, in Genesis 1, 28, we read about God's intention for man. It says this, that God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. It means have dominion over it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now I love this because this is, look, God gifted man with this environment. God gifted man with an incredible environment. He said he blessed him. It was a blessing. It was a blessing. And he said, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to increase. I want you to, I want you to have dominion over it. I want you to rule over it. In other words, I want you to influence it. Man was gifted an environment, but God intended him to influence it. He says, I don't want you, I don't want to put you in the garden and the garden just happened to you. I want you to happen to the garden. See, God gave him, gave man an environment and expected change. You See, the man could have said, mm, oh, you know what? God has blessed us hey." God has blessed us, He's given us this garden. It's amazing. It's wonderful. You know what? This is God's will for us. This is where God intends us to live. He, and because God gave it us, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna keep it as God intended it to be. Because God, this is the way God sees things. Meanwhile, God was saying to man, you influence it, you change it, you rule it, you tame it, you transform it, you do something with what? I have given you. It's like with the, with the, with the talents, it, it, was, it wasn't like, you know, the, 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 the one who received the least was the one who did nothing with what he'd been given. Because God expects us to do something with what we have been given. Burying it doesn't cut it with God. He says, Don't just accept what you've been handed. Take responsibility. Rule. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Talked a lot about this last week. But both salt and light influence. Jesus didn't say you will will be like this. He says you are this. You are because I'm in you. If I'm in you, you are salt. You are light. You are meant to influence your environment. Psalm 84 verse 5 to 6 says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it. They make it. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. See, the valley of Baccar is a very dry, desert-like, inhospitable environment. And the psalmist is saying to us that the people, the people of God, those who have set their hearts on pilgrimage, when they go into this dry, arid desert-like, inhospitable environment, they make it a place of springs. In the King James, it talks about they, the, the, it's a place of wells. They make it a place of wells. And so when you make that dry place a place of wells, you, you dig wells, you, 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 you turn in this dry place and you believe that if you roll up your sleeves... And you begin to dig that, 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 that God can bring transformation to this environment. That by digging wells, you, you begin to invade the environment. This environment has rejected water. But now you are creating an environment that can be receptive, that can receive Water. You see, when I dig wells, I am declaring that I have a vision for this place that is different to what is. I have a vision that is hope-filled. I believe that we can make a difference. I believe that what was dry and barren can become a fruitful environment. That by digging wells, we can change the landscape. Because we are giving God something to work with. And I just believe that God is trying to get hold of us. That, you know, it's it's not just about us being off in the corner, praying and prophesying over deserts. Oh God, you're powerful. Oh God, you're great. Oh God, you can do amazing things. Lord, transform this environment. Lord, have your way. Change this environment. What I'm saying, I'm not saying don't pray those prayers. I'm not saying don't prophesy those prophecies. But what I am saying is while you're praying and while you're prophesying, roll up your sleeves. Go and get yourself a spade and dig somewhere else. Give God something to work with. Give God an environment. Give Him something that can catch the rain. Because let me tell you, if you do nothing, when that rain comes, it will just run off the surface of the water because that, that, that environment is hostile to the blessing of God. That environment is hostile. It rejects the blessing that God is trying to... But what you're doing is you're digging wells. You're making a way, you're creating an opportunity for God to come and fill what otherwise would have rejected the blessing of God. This is about God establishing his kingdom. God is calling us to live at a different level. The devil has as, got us locked into a place where we've become so Powerful celebrating parking spaces that open up. Meanwhile, we can change a city. We can change a nation. You can change your family. There is un- unprecedented potential and power in this room to powerfully change, influence, invade, transform, and influence environments. We pray. We pray, this is this is not about me escaping earth. Oh God, you know, we hear all these terrible things in the news reports and it's like, oh Jesus, come again. Oh God, come again. Oh God, get me out of here. Because that is the church's mentality. Let's just escape. Let's just get up to be with Jesus. Let's just get up to be in heaven because it's all beautiful there and it's all lovely there. But God put man on earth to bring change. He put man on earth to pull heaven. Heaven down and plant it on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> to change, to influence, to dig wells. Maybe one of the greatest strategies of the devil is to get us to wait for that which we already have. We are sitting around waiting for God waiting for the next move, and we're saying, God, it's your move. And God is crying out from heaven, trying to get somebody's attention to say, it's your move. Go wherever you want to go, and I will be with you, and I will make a way. Like Moses who stood at the water's edge and says, God... What are we going to do? Look at this mess we're in. And God says, what is in your hand? What is in your hand, Moses? I have equipped you for this moment. Stretch out your hand. The way will open up to you. You've just got to do something with that which I have already given to you. This is... About living with permission. I've said it before, so many live our lives. We believe that God has set up our life, that the light is on red. The traffic lights are on red. Stop. Wait. Oh God, just, I'm just believing for a green light, Lord. I'm just believing for a green light, Lord. And it's like, we, we live our lives. Stop and wait. Who told you the lights were red? you the lights were red why would you believe the lights are red why can't the lights be green God says go do it live with permission there are environments waiting for us to transform Stephen Furtick put it this way he said we're not waiting for a move of God we are a move of God I just want to suggest to us And I'm not trying to upset anybody, but maybe, maybe it's time just to stop pacing the ground and saying, oh God, do it again, Lord. Do it like you did back in the day, Lord. Do it like then, Lord. Oh God, bring it back, Lord. Oh God, bring revival back, Lord. Maybe, maybe we should stop praying those prayers and saying, God, do what you wanna do now, in this time, in this generation, in this age. It's not about him doing it like he did it, Back then, that was a time, a different time, a different era with different demands. But God needs to come and do something in our time, in our day. He needs to come and do something in this culture, in this season. Come, have your way. I believe you, Lord. The lights are on green. Isaiah put it this way, he said, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, "This is the way. Walk in it." You see, it's like, and this is just the way. God has got me to live my life. It's, 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 it's like you say. Well, you know, Lord, oh Lord, just, as, just as soon as you open the door, Lord, just as soon as you show me it's time to go, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. But, but the Bible is, is showing us the lights are on green. Walk. Walk. Just believe that, that, that you're walking in the right way. Believe that God has got you. Because if your heart's in the right place and you're deliberately trying to work out the plan of God for your life, then I, ch- I assure you that you'll hear a voice behind you saying, should you veer off course, should you veer to the right, should you veer to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, hey, this is the way. This is the way. Walk in it. Walk in it. God is more committed to you walking the right way than you are. But you know what? It's a lot easier to steer a moving car. It's a lot easier to do something with someone who's going somewhere, who's doing something, who's believing God and believing that God has got them. In fact... Isaiah was pointing us to God's satnav. Because the only time you need to hear the satnav is when you when you're getting off the road. If you're on the right road, your satnav's not speaking. It's silent. It doesn't have to see. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. You're right, you're right. You're doing fine, you're doing fine, you're doing fine, keep going, keep going, keep going. Your satnav doesn't do that. When you're on the right road, it stays silent. But should you get off the road, you hear a voice, not behind you, hopefully, but in front of you, saying, do a U-turn or rerouting. It will speak to you when you've got onto the wrong road. God is saying, I've got my my sat-nav in place. Should you get off the road, I will speak to you. But in the meantime, keep going. Keep moving. Keep doing what you are doing. That's why. That's why. We are going to the north and the south and the east and the west of our city. That's why we're going to 10 cities north. Why? Because, because we just believe we can. We believe we've got permission. We don't, we don't need to get stressed or, or strained about it. And You know, going into raptures and, and praying, you know, God, oh God, show us which part of the city, Lord. Show us where to go. Like God has permission to tell us where to go. But in the meantime... We can just go. Hire a school, hire a community center. Just go and transform the environment by being there. Let us go and happen to that place. Let us go and happen to that city. It's like Jonathan said to his young armor bearer. He said, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. You see, Jonathan knew the nature of God. He didn't have an angelic visitation. He didn't have a scripture. He didn't have a prophetic word. He just—I know God. I know. I know that God's got me, and so I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go because God is with me. Yeah. Where are we? Can you pop up? Showed this at, um, at Heart and Soul. Because I was, I was trying to explain where we are. And I, I said, you know, for us, this is, this is how we spell faith right now. And all that means quite simply is that when faith means you can't always have your I's dotted and your T's crossed. You can't have your I's dotted and your T's crossed because faith means that I'm not going to have everything worked out. I'm not going to understand everything. I also find it interesting, funnily enough, that without the I dotted and the T's crossed, it even looks a bit like fail. And isn't that like faith? Because until you've got your eyes dotted and your T's crossed, it can look like fail. But we need to understand that this is how we're spelling faith right now. We haven't got our eyes dotted. We haven't got our T's crossed. We don't know how it's all going to work out. But we trust that God is with us. And he's going to get us to a place where our eyes are dotted, our T's are crossed. And we'll see. Wow, I get it now. I understand. You know, when you're you digging you dig in wells in a dry place, it can look like fail. It's so like what you're doing. Why? Well, look, look, look at the environment. Look, look at this place. Why would you even bother here? Go, go somewhere a bit easier. Go somewhere where at least there's something. But I believe the power of God in us can go to the driest, most inhospitable places, and we can transform it through the power of the Holy Ghost. So this is the conversation that we're opening up. And uh, we've kind of run a bit more out of time, so I've, but you know what? Let's, I just wondered if if there's a couple of people who maybe want to ask a question or make a comment or, you know, let's let's generate the conversation because as I said, to me, The success of this message is that it opens up a conversation that keeps going and we become a community of well diggers who believe that environments can be invaded and transformed through the power of the Holy Ghost. So we've got a couple of mics, uh, um, uh, microphones, they're not both called mic. Dad joke at the end there. Anyone got a question or a comment on something that I've said or another, you know, something you want to mention or, or what? This is like one of those times that could like be really awkward now where everyone just sits and stares. But a couple of PPS. Yes. there you go.
1: Praise God. Amen. <laughs> what if on a Sunday morning coming to church believing that I'm gonna get a place to park I've got faith I really said oh god this morning I need to park at a um, car park with the faith I mean really believing that it should happen and then on getting to the car park one of the ushers just said to me oh I'm really sorry madam It's filled up you're not going to be able to park here this morning um in me i'm gonna be thinking oh i really believe that um i was so sure that i should get a place i was confident that god had that prayer in that atmosphere i might feel a bit shaky that, Oh, does it mean all the prayers i've been praying as well with all the faith that god has not been hearing it so in that situation pastor what do i do
0: great so i I'm going to do now what Jesus often did because he answered questions with a question. Just, you need to. Uh, I'm taking it that. I'm taking it that the fact you're here means that you did actually park your car.
1: I've parked an Alfredton road. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't think you'd abandoned it. You know, like, well. So you parked. So all I'm saying is, what's to say that God didn't answer your prayer? Because you found a parking place. It just isn't where you thought it was going to (laughs) be. See, am I prepared to trust God and let? I can pray for a parking space. But am I prepared to trust God and say, okay, Lord, I would like to be there, but you know what? I'm going to accept the parking space you give me. You see what I'm saying? Now, some, some other time you might come and that, that space opens up to you. But the fact is, hey, you know what? i got a parking space. And, and that's what I need to celebrate. It may... It, that's, it, Things may not always work out how I thought they were going to work out. But that doesn't mean I'm not having faith or that God else doesn't answer prayer. It just means that God is answering prayer in a way that I didn't anticipate he was going to answer it. There you go. One minute. Yes.
2: Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Good morning church. Um, my question is, in stepping out in faith and making that step and doing something starting your journey um, where do you where does it you stop and God takes over how do you know that you're not walking in your own mind and your own thoughts and your own decisions or is it the God guiding you and talking to you and getting you to your next yeah.
0: stage very good so you see God God is not gonna. Um, God is not gonna ask you to do something that is beyond your faith. He knows you and your heart better than you know yourself. So He knows what you are capable of. And so I, I, I know that we can find. We can, can't we? We can be scared, afraid. But I don't want to do it in my own strength. I don't, want to, I don't want to be going off on my own, doing my own thing. But the problem with that thinking is that that often stops us from doing anything. Because I just stay where I am because I'm so afraid that I, I'm going to do something that is out of the will of God. What, I want to, what I'm suggesting is that we can come to a place in our mind that I am going to walk according to Isaiah and say, well, instead of being afraid that I'm going to get it wrong, I'm going to trust God that I'm going to get it right. And because my heart is to outwork the plan and the will of God, what I mean by that is, hey, I planned to park there outside church, but I ended up on Alfredton Road. But my heart is to outwork the, the will of God. So that's cool. Because I'm going to walk... And I know that if I get off course, I'm going to God's going to make sure that I hear a voice from someone saying, "Hey, if you if you turn to the right or to the left, I'm going to I'm going to hear a voice saying, "This is the way. Walk in it." It's not about being afraid of making a mistake. It's about having faith that God's got you. God's got you. It's about knowing that he's committed to your success. He's a good daddy. He's a good father. And he's going to make sure that as you keep walking with, uh, listening to him, seeking to to do his will, he's going to look after you, and everything is going to be all right. Is that helpful? Amen. This gentleman, and then I think we'll have to. Okay, Matt. I saw Matt after you, after Matt, and then we're done. Praise the Lord. Amen. Could you leave the mic?
1: I can't hold it. Sorry, um, I want to go back to what the lady first said there. She said um, about packing and all of that. Uh, I want to align it with what our brother has preached all this morning. You see, sometimes we Christians just sit down. God has given us abilities to do things. We won't do them. We want to say, God, do it for me a situation you know you need to, to pack in time, to pack in a place, a particular place you will to pack. God has given you the ability to get there in church on time so that you can pack. But we will not do that. We will waste the time and then come praying, believing God will stop every other person from going to pack so that you will have your own parking lot. It doesn't work that way. And that's what he's been saying here. Step out, do something, and believe God. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Amen.
1: When pastors preaching, the verse that came in my mind was when Jesus talks about, you, if you drink of my water, you will become the spring. And um, I wasn't sure where it was, so I Googled it. And he took me back to the, the Samaritan woman. And um, he asked Jesus fully. Well, Jesus asking for water and he told him later on, he told her later on that, actually, if you knew who you're talking to, you would actually uh, ask for more water. And then as Jesus spoke to her, she ran to the city. Jesus didn't send her to the city, but she went to the city and she brought many with her. And that was the message that was my heart. Right. Amazing. I
0: love that. Love that. She went and happened to the city. That's exactly what happened. Yes.
1: So we've been living a certain way for maybe a few months, maybe a decade. Hearing the message today, what do I do tomorrow? What do I do next week? I don't know anything. I've got into a rut. I've got into a habit of waiting for something to happen. What are some next steps that I can literally do tomorrow to help me in that?
0: So I think that the the worst thing I can do in that moment is start rebuking myself, feeling bad about myself. Uh, You know, I, I am where I am on the journey because I am where I am. And it may take me a while to get my head around some of that stuff. And I don't think I should even do that in my own strength. I should come and say, God, help me. You promised me that my mind can be transformed. And I've been thinking in a certain way. And I just need you to help me to think differently. Help me to understand what it is you know, I don't think that God leaves us to ourselves. He, he doesn't leave us. He doesn't leave me to transform me. What he does is ask me to, to believe that he can transform me, and then go with the transformation.
1: Yeah.
0: When he when he brings the change, flow with the change. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that it, it, You know, this there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right. It's not like, oh, no, I've been thinking this way and now i want got to think a different way. It's not about that. It's not an opportunity for, for the enemy to hijack something good that God is doing. It's an opportunity to say, okay, God, I'm hearing something differently. I, I, need, I need you to help me to get it. And then to begin to, to practice it. Just begin to believe I've got permission. I, I can... I can I can trust God. I'm, I'm going to trust him that that if I'm somehow getting it wrong, he's going to show me I'm getting it wrong and help me to get it right.
2: Um, I think I just would want to encourage people that um, we hear a word of empowerment and a word of release and a word of you know go on and influence the part of the city that you're in. And um, just a really simple story, because I think sometimes we think we can do that, but what impact are we actually going to have on our own um, and just um, I've just been amazed at how God, if we, if we all get this and if we all start going and transforming the peace of the world that we live in Monday to Saturday, mm. um, we start to see God's tapestry weave. So for instance, in my new job, I've been in meetings where Danny Davis has been and in her job as on the youth offending team. I've also been in places where I've seen Arthur Shivers um, doing his work um, right. as, on the chaplaincy in the hospitals, and and I've just been amazed at how God is then weaving the tapestry of those stories, and how I think I can't do I can't transform this city on my own. Right. But I look around, and I think if we all get that, we'll be surprised
0: Beautiful. and amazed at
2: how quickly we'll bump into each other across the city and see God's story being Beautiful. woven together.
0: God just joining the dots, the the people he's positioned. I love it. I love it, Pauline. Just hold it a little bit closely to your mouth. So. Take this one.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. Go on, yeah, over the years. I think
3: God is saying something new today because over the years, I was saved in about 82, 83, and God spoke clearly buy a field, build a house, go to Germany, tell them all about me, go and see so and so, da da da. And that was wonderful because you knew it was God because whatever He said happened. But I think today, we, I'm using the word adventurous, and I don't particularly like it, but I think that faith, step of faith that we're being instructed to take, we must do it if we want to see what God is wanting to do.
0: Love that. What I love is there that you've highlighted, and I think it's just important because pendulums don't swing to halfway. They, they swing all the other way. I don't want anyone to walk away from this and oh, great, well, we don't have to hear God anymore then. We don't have to hear God because we can just do whatever we want. That's not what's being said. You know, I'm always listening for the voice of God. I'm all, every not not just all the time, every day. I'm listening. What do you feel, Lord? What do you think? I'm I'm. But what I'm saying is that I live believing that I've got permission, yeah. that that I can do it. Unless unless the Lord, you know, like He did with Paul. But, uh, Paul um, uh, in the Bible was hindered from going to certain places but he, had, he intended to go and God stopped him going there and then he intended to go there and God stopped him going there but then another way opened up so if we, there are places that we intend to go and God may say no and that's cool but let's keep intending and he'll open up a way yes
1: I believe um, babies grow up drinking milk And as they mature, they eat meat and solid food. And I think a young Christian, first of all, needs the guidance of God. But as they grow older, they should know him so well that they can actually move in the fact that they know his heart and can just walk without every step being guided, exactly like you said earlier.
0: I love what you're saying there. And I I, I hear the heart of behind it, um, that maturity means that God is going to handle me in a slightly different way. The only, I I think no matter how long we've been on the road, we all need to hear the guidance of God. That, That doesn't change, but the way God handles us does change as we mature. Yes.
3: I just want us to be aware that um, when we step out in faith and God don't dot all the I's and cross all the T's, that it could be a lonely place. It's going to be a lonely place. It's going to be a place where you alone know that you have permission, Mm. but everybody else around you can't, they don't, they're not flowing with where you're going with because the, the vision is not theirs. Even though the vision is complementing the house you're in, they can't understand, you know, uh, and you're going to be in a lonely place. But uh, this uh, this message has encouraged me that I know that I know that I have the permission and that I'll keep walking in my F A what doesn't look like I and what doesn't look like T, H, until it becomes that.
0: Come on, that is great, that is great. I just wanted to to check, like, I think what's changed for me when you spoke is my understanding of what faith means. Um, I just wanted to check that it was right, basically. Um, That, so I've spent basically most of my life thinking that that faith is is knowing what God wants to do. Like,
1: so I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this thing because I've heard from God and I know that this will work.
0: And is it that I, have to, I need to change that to, I'm going to do this because my knowledge of God and my faith in God is that I know that there is no reason why this won't work, so let's go find out. And that is that sort of what Jonathan was about, right. with the armor-bearer? So I know the nature of God, and, and I know that the, the God is able to do this. Perhaps the Lord will help me, Perhaps the, the, who can, because who can hinder the Lord? Uh, Because, you know, that's the nature of God. And so that was his faith. He stepped out knowing that God was able to help him. And, uh, and, And of course, God did. But he didn't have a visitation from God. He didn't have an angel come and speak to him. You know, he stepped out on who he knew God and God responded to him and I, I, I'm saying to us that if we get a visitation if we get an angelic visitation I'm not going to turn it down but I'm also going to say that I'm not going to sit waiting for an angelic visitation I'm going to move with permission and I'm just going to trust and pray that if I turn to the right or to the left I'll hear a voice behind me saying this is the way walking um, my question is um, I think all of this can relate to
1: apathy and um when you you don't doubt what God has told you and you don't doubt that he can use you I guess the question is what do you do when apathy like comes like a cloud to like distract you because that's a real feeling how do you overcome that like heavy sense of apathy and just like Ugh.
0: Um, well obviously you know living as close to God as I do <laughs> you, uh, it's difficult to relate to what you're saying but you know, I've heard people talk. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, listen, apathy is always going to be there to distract us. Because our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. We're at war. The problem is that we don't know we're at war. We're living like we're not at war. We're at war. We're at war with spiritual powers that are always out there trying to distract us, always trying to stop us getting to what God wants us to do. What I'm trying to get us to understand, though, is that, that, that God is more powerful than that. That apathy may come and, you see, apathy, apathy may call me on the phone, but I don't have to answer the phone. You know, the thing is, the thing is, I've got, to, I've got to learn to recognize apathy's number. And when I see it come up on the screen, I say, I'm not answering that. I'm not doing what you say. I'm not allowing you to control my life. I am going to trust God. So, I mean, it could be for anything, whatever God, for some people it could be apathy, for someone else it could be something else. But whatever the enemy sends your way, whatever is your kryptonite, that the devil sends your way to stop you doing what God is trying, you to, trying to get you to do. That's what, when you need to operate your faith and say, God, God in me is greater than this. We, it, what this message is about is, is flipping it over so we stop feeling powerless and start feeling powerful in Jesus name starting to believe i can do all things through christ who strengthens me I we had a bit of a we had a bit of a piano play there i thought rachel was working up to a preach i said i said i can do all things through christ who strengthens me come on rachel you got to go with it and so it's it's, it's about instead of spending our life in a waiting room trusting oh God we just believe you're going to do it somehow one day someday it's just to not allow God to knock on our door and say hey I am going to do something in you and through you that if you let me, I will blow your mind. Just, just keep going. Keep trusting. Keep putting, your, keep putting your faith in me. Keep getting your sleeves rolled up. Keep digging those wells because the rains of blessing are coming. And you're going to see some things that other generations have only dreamed about. But you will see them in your lifetime. God bless you.